No sports on TV? Well, here's a battle. Two heavyweights duking it out in the ETF market. Who's winning? Who's against the ropes? Should you care? That's today's Money with Friends with the star of the Pete the Planner podcast. Yes, you've got it. It's Pete the Planner. It's Friday, July 10th. Let's roll. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Money with Friends, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement uh, in Dallas, Texas. I'm Joe Salcihi. I'm Pete the Planner, and I'm coming to you from the exact same shirt I wore yesterday in Carmel, Indiana. And you can't, the good news is you can't even smell it on the internet, Pete. Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> this is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today we're covering one from Financial Planning. Com. Not only do we read them like some podcasts do, but we dive into how they affect your wallet, what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day and all in usually less than 20 minutes. See if I can do a better job here than I did yesterday, Pete. Today's show is brought to you by NordPass. You know what? You need to keep your pot, your pot. There you go. I blew it again. You need to keep your passwords organized. And to do that, you should have a password organizer. Check out NordPass and you will get a month for free. And you can also see how much easier it is and safe to use a product like NordPass. Head to nordpass.com forward slash MWF for more. Well, even though I screwed it up, Pete, I did better than yesterday. It's kind of a toss up. It's sort of a tomato, tomato. Which sort of air do you like? A flub early or a flub late? Hashtag winning. Hashtag yeah, winning. That's all I have to say. Uh, what's going on today, Pete? Were you ready for the weekend? Uh, everyone's working for the weekend. I know that. Yeah. Everyone's working nine to five. Um, no, I'm good. I was ready for the weekend. I've got into cycling again, which is, you know, just means I like to put on Lycra and walk around awkwardly in front of the neighbors. <laughs> my father-in-law used to do that. And we're like, yeah, no, no. He would wear those bicycle shorts just for fun. And I got to say, not, not, not a great look. Uh, but, but I did, did you make two obscure eighties music references in a row there? I, I did. Yes, I would. I just like to let it lay and whoever enjoys it, enjoys it. Whoever doesn't know what's happening just thinks I'm a weirdo. I will point out what a ninja you are, Pete. Well, hopefully you're a ninja talking about exchange traded funds as well. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's see which one of our friends is going to get this discussion started. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. Just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tune in to Money and Friends. All right. Today's piece, as I mentioned, comes from financialplanning.com, a place where financial planners hang out and uh, read about industry insider stuff. I thought, Pete, especially for a guy who's in the industry, this is a good uh, discussion because I feel like there's two discussions going on. Did, did you ever watch Downton Abbey? Of course. I mean, of course I want, I called it Downtown Abbey for the first episode until I realized that it's not Downtown Abbey. It's Downton. And yes, I enjoyed it and very it, much. It's kind of out of town, Abbey, outside of town, outskirts of town, Abbey. Yes. Yes. Uh, on Downton Abbey, you know, much like there were two societies, you've seen this because you kind of straddle the financial media and financial planning side. There's often two different discussions going on. And I found that, uh, especially when it comes to exchange traded funds and products, two totally different discussions going on in this piece I want to talk about because it addresses this a little bit. Uh, the headline is Vanguard trounces, love that word trounces, BlackRock for 
ETF flows in volatile first half. Vanguard's U.S. ETFs attracted inflows of about $89 billion in the first half, surging ahead of industry leader BlackRock in a volatile period. BlackRock took in an estimated $38 billion, according to Bloomberg Intelligence data, as market swings fueled by the coronavirus crisis spurred selling from the types of active traders who favor the iShares lineup. Vanguard's dominance contrasts with the first half of 2019 when BlackRock led its main rival by about $1.9 billion. Vanguard's more focused on these types of products, which are designed to cater to long-term buy-and-hold investors, said Alex Bryan, Director of Passive Strategies and Research for North America at Morningstar. Such customers, quote, likely aren't looking to make tactical adjustments based on what's going on in the market, he said. The flows strike a blow for Vanguard in the increasingly fierce battle to dominate a more than $4 trillion market. BlackRock became the fund industry leader with his acquisition of the iShares lineup more than 10 years ago. They said decade. I just wanted to make it fancy. But Bloomberg intelligence analysts estimate it could be overtaken in size by its chief competitor within 10 years or faster in an extended downturn. BlackRock said market upheaval underscores the value of its lineup. Quote, when investors needed to rapidly reposition their equity portfolios in light of economic uncertainty and record volatility, they turned to iShares, said Ed Sweeney, a spokesman for the New York-based firm. The same is true when they needed liquidity and transparency in fixed income markets. iShares ETFs repeatedly demonstrated their versatility and resilience this year in, quote, a distribution bump from the commission-free trading trend that took hold late last year also may be benefiting Vanguard, Bloomberg Intelligence analysts wrote last month. The index investing pioneer known for its low costs tends to win whenever it gets on an even playing field, according to the report. And that's the entire story, that last sentence right there, Joe. If Vanguard's in the game, prepare to lose. You know, but but does it depend on the game? I mean, uh, you know, the iShares guy wrote something that sounds like it should be splashed on the front page of their advertisements, right? Uh, uh, iShares were there when people needed us. We were, we're always there. We are iShares. We're the industry leader. I just, that they're, I, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes uh, just the marketing stuff that they allow to get into these pieces drives me crazy. But, 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 but iShares, so... I want to ask you this biggest question of all here. I, you're a planner. You have recommended that people use exchange traded funds before. Yeah. You've got exchange traded funds from Vanguard. You've got exchange traded funds from iShares slash BlackRock. You've got them from ProShares. You've got, uh, you know, all kinds of different companies. Does the name matter to you? Um, not really as a as sort of an institutional investor. I mean, I when I was doing that, which I don't anymore, they were mainly iShares. Um, but I would say the average consumer is probably not going to look at iShares. They're going to hear Vanguard and they're going to hear all of the goodwill and they're going to say, okay, well, that's the way I want to go. Um, so I don't know. It's just not surprising. Anytime Vanguard says, oh, hey, we're going to do this now. I look for them to dominate people. It's like when Amazon decides to do something, look out for people currently doing that because you're in trouble. 
Well, I mean, on one hand, they can crush people, but I also think that's partly because most of us have bought into this, uh, I kind of call it the Vanguard Kool-Aid. And no offense to Vanguard, because Vanguard has some very fine products, right? And Vanguard, uh, I mean, there are very few people who uh, who people think of more than than Jack Bogle when it comes to the idea of passive investing and the idea that fees can really ruin the day for your portfolio. So I think that, um, but I also think there's other companies that do that. But man, the number of people that just go, I don't care what it is. If it's Vanguard, I'm doing it. If it's anything else, I'm not. I think it's crazy. No, it is. But that's the nature of brand recognition. And I mean, I don't, I'm sure there's some survey out there like, well, who are the most trusted financial brands in America? If the people speak and they say Vanguard, which I would assume it's in the top two or three, then, you know, it's a consumer's decision. I, when I manage money, I didn't care. I honestly yeah. didn't care. Um, I, we were just doing different filters and sorts of things. I, you know, but to the consumer, if it's straight to straight to consumer, they're going to dominate everybody. Yeah, but, but uh, okay. So uh, uh, I guess my point of this show and what I like about this discussion is the fact that consumers are doing things one way, advisors doing something a different way. You talk about the fact that you don't really care because of the fact that you're using filters. My first question, if I'm somebody listening to this, I'm like, ooh, how do I use filters? And 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 why don't why don't you care about the fact that this this is Vanguard, Pete. Why don't you care and why are filters more important? Well, because it's just a name at that point, because there are fees, there are, you know, we were trying to fit within particular asset classes or, you know, turnover ratios, or depending on how they do it, that's what you're looking for as an advisor. And really the last thing you look at is the name and you don't even, it doesn't really affect you. Because uh, remember, I, I don't when I was an advisor early on, I remember when you, and it was mainly mutual funds, you would find some obscure mutual fund shop that no one had ever heard of, but all their numbers were amazing. And you were like, I'm going to take this to my client because it's unique. And I can tell the story about this. I didn't want to go to them with the number one held mutual fund in America. That didn't make sense. So that's how I would look at it. But, but that's completely changed now. I mean, I mean, now, yes. now you're not avoiding Fidelity Magellan because it's Fidelity Magellan. You're like, back then you were worried that uh, you were recommending Peter Lynch when anybody on earth could have found Peter Lynch on their own. I think also, to be fair, I was an advisor from 2000 to 2012. And it's not like we didn't have the internet during that time, but access to information has skyrocketed in the last 10 years. Uh, and how people access financial data and financial planning websites, uh, you know, institutions' websites are so much more advanced than they used to be. You'd have to wait till the end of a quarter to actually read numbers when I first started in the business online. And that's all changed. Why is there so much reliance then on marketing speak? If we've got so much access to information and we can make much better decisions, why do we still, you and I have podcasts where we take questions from people making the same mistakes they were making 25 years ago with more information. I'm drinking <laughs> thoroughly out of the... For those, of you, for those of you listening, Pete is very slowly holding up the Money with Friends logo. Yeah, we have a podcast. Well, you know, I always think about this, and this is kind of off topic, but it's one of my favorite topics as it relates to this conversation, which is off topic. If you were to call a financial planning practice, you're just a random Joe, and you're 
And you call up a financial planning practice and you say, I want to talk to your best financial advisor. The person at the front desk is going to assign you to the top producing financial advisor because they've created a brand and a market about themselves, but it doesn't mean they're good. And I always find that the most fascinating thing is that within a financial planning shop, a big shop, you know, a big wirehouse, if you say, I want to talk to the best person, you're going to the top producer, but it doesn't make them the best. It's just they've told the story enough to enough people who bought into the brand and, and bought into them. And that, I think, is the difference between Vanguard and BlackRock is that you're seeing Vanguard is the story that is constantly relied told. Yeah. Well, and is, is that, you know, and you say that's not that's not the same as being good, but Vanguard does have a long uh, history, of, especially in the uh, in the passive investment space of being incredibly cheap, doing the same thing that other people do cheaper. You get a lower price for it. Joe hanging out with us today, you know, tells the story that all the Bogleheads tell, which is that, hey, Vanguard's customers are their owners. So that that makes them better, where a company like Fidelity has separate shareholders and that that uh, that seems to be, you know, a sticking point with a lot of people that are fans of Vanguard. I, but I'm with you. I think they told their story very well. But in a lot of cases, it's a great story to tell. Well, let's say I'm going to the grocery store and I got green beans. I can get like the Stokely Van Campen or whatever. Oh, that's actually a mutual fund. Anyway, it's Stokely, right? Or whatever. Green bean, green giant. Or I can get the store brand. You turn them around and if you ran a filter, they have the exact same thing going on. It's just one's cheaper and that's the finer filter element. And when you're a financial advisor, I don't really care if it's a name brand or not. If it gives me what I want and it's cheaper for the client, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Pass, pass through. And this is interesting where, um, uh, while cheaper doesn't mean better necessarily when it comes to passive investing, it totally sure. does. I mean, if you got two, two things, uh, that can still bite you in the butt though. We did a story, you know, around the oil time where you had the two biggest uh, ETFs in the oil space, one significantly cheaper than the other. However, the one that was cheaper was also the one that ran into a boatload of trouble because it turned out that they really weren't the same, but to the average person, uh, you know, they went with the cheap one and they got burned. Yeah. I don't know if you remember back, of course, you're going to remember this. Everyone in the industry remembers this back in the day um, when American funds, mutual funds were everything. I mean, you know, American growth, the story they constantly told is the tenure of their management team nonstop. Oh, the average person on this team has 35 years experience. And that, was meant to avoid what you just said. It's like, yeah, someone else is cheaper, but you can always rely on the three decades of experience that comes from the American funds, you know, management team. And so that's where the little things investors need to look at is like, what's the tenure? What's their old? Oh, I think we just lost, we just lost Pete for just a second. At least I did. I'm back. Yeah, uh, you were making a great point there at the at the very end that investors need to look at the little things. Yes, so hopefully I'm back. Uh, but yes, they need to look at the little things like tenure, where the the advisor was uh, before their current tenure, and uh, those are the things that matter uh, more than you know uh, costs sometimes. We've got uh, some fun discussions going on today. Uh, our friend Chloe hanging out with us today says, ooh, two of my favorite middle-aged white guy financial financial guys. I mean this with the most benevolent meaning. That's very nice, Chloe. And uh, not a lot of diversity and not a lot of hair on today's show. 
by the way. No, I shaved my head today, so I look like a cue ball. It's not great, Joe. You you won. I'm not that far behind you, but but I did yeah. not shave shave mine. And Joe, uh, chiming in as well, says that I took off my, my glasses so that we could tell that there's actually two different people. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> not the same person. You're very handsome, Joe, so that's good. I consider that to be a compliment. Uh, and then uh, Joe makes a good point saying that cheaper vodka, usually of higher quality. You've seen those. Those studies, that Kirkland vodka, every bit as good as the Grey Goose. I agree. The argument is there. And what's weird is, so Costco's this huge name brand, but Kirkland's this generic name brand within the name. It's it's wild. And you got to think at some point, you know, when Charles Schwab is always trying to have these little companies and, and within their company that they've got this huge trusted brand and then they introduce this other slightly generic brand. It's the same concept. I've, I've seen financial advisory companies do that before where, you know, they have the in-house thing, but they don't want to call it the same thing as, you know, it's not a Merrill Lynch fund. It's a something else fund. It's something else. Oh, uh, but it's wholly owned by us. And every, yeah. every, like when people got mad at, at Mark Zuckerberg and remember that when they, all those people left Facebook and they said they were going to Instagram instead. And I'm like, so we're going to his left pocket instead of his right pocket. That's a good move. That's fantastic. Yeah. Coming up in a second, uh, uh, Pete and I are going to have our takeaways from today's show. But first, if you want to get rid of password stress forever, let the NordPass password manager remember all your complex logins, autofill online forms, and generate strong passwords. They do that stress-free. You can download it free. Free means free. You don't have to, to use a credit card. And to get the premium version where you store more stuff that matters, you can share passwords securely and generate even more secure passwords. And you'll get a month free using our link. Head to nordpass.com forward slash MWF. I believe I did that without flubbing it. I made it. My fingers were crossed the entire time. Look at you. I didn't even have to use the net. That was so award winner. Fantastic. Uh, Pete, what's our big takeaway today? Quality matters, but quality and uh, name recognition are not the same thing. So if you like it and it works for you, who cares what it's called unless it offends your grandma and then you got to change the name or go with the name brand. I am right there with you, big guy. I think that um, that while Vanguard is a fine shop, just because it's called Vanguard does not mean it's good. I think you still need to do a Morningstar search, right? Uh, Morningstar is a great place uh, that we haven't talked about yet today, but Morningstar.com, a great third-party place to look up and see how good this thing really is. And 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 by the way, good is not always the same thing. You could have the best, you know, Japan ETF as an example, and if you don't have a portfolio where you need Japan exclusively, you could have the best one, Pete, and it still doesn't matter. Best is also what's the best one for your goal. So that's probably even a better place to start than give me Vanguard or give me Fidelity. I love it when I see these online forms and people are like, I'm saving for a house. Where should I go? You should go to Vanguard. Yeah. You should start with how much do you need to save and when do you want the house, I think. but Yeah, I mean, kudos to them. I mean, I don't hate the player, hate the game. Kudos to whoever can create a strong brand. Speaking of a strong brand, I've heard you have this strong brand called Hey Money and another fantastic brand called the Pete the Planner Show. Pete the Planner Show. It's a, you know, if we had to rank podcasts in terms of what is great and what is not as great, you'd look at Stacking Benjamins, you'd look at uh, Money with Friends, and you say, wow, wow. And then my show's on the other end. It's a little more obscure. 
Um, but it's it's good. And of course, Hey Money is our service, our financial problem solving service where people who don't want investment advice, they don't need financial planning, but they got things they need worked out. We put our pros on their problems for about 20 bucks a month. So go to callheymoney.com to learn more. I don't know if you know this, Pete, but bigger marketing like those mugs, show everybody that mug. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Big, mar- big, big, big marketing like that mug does not make it better. Does not necessarily make it better. Pizza delicious. Pizza Planner Show is a fine show, even done on the Pizza Planner shoestring. That's right. Yes. Uh, You can get links, by the way, to all things uh, Pete the Planner on our show notes page at at moneywithfriendspodcast.com. On behalf of Pete, I'm Joe. Come join us uh, next time. It'll be Bobby and I tomorrow. We'll see you next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.